Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. Please remain standing. Our first lesson this morning comes from Genesis chapter 12. Listen for the word of God. Our ears are open. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the ones who curse you I will curse. And and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram, Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife, Sarah, and his brother's son, Lot, and all of the possessions they, that they had gathered, and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran. And they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. When they had come to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shashem to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Our, our gospel lesson comes from Matthew chapter 22. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Three people find themselves on a journey, wandering through the desert, unsure of exactly where they're going. They carry everything that they own on their back, but they also carry around some shame about where they've been. They're lost and questioning who they are, where they're going, and yet here they find themselves putting one foot in front of the other. Abram is 75 years old and has seen and experienced more of life than sometimes he thought he could bear. His family and his people have struggled for generations. They've turned against one another, committed unspeakable acts of violence. They have heard and known God's promises, and yet, again and again, they rely on themselves instead, on selfishness and self-sufficiency, and that has taken over in ways that led to destruction and division, not to life or to love. Sarah also carries around some shame, yes, that of her people, the wars that they carry out. But she also struggles with her personal worth. 
She's 70 years old and has never been able to have a child. She carries around sadness and grief, though after all these years, she's been able to make a little bit of peace with that. But she also carries around stigma in a culture that equates a woman's worth with her ability to have children. People look at her and think that she is worthless. Lot, their nephew, travels alongside them. He leaves his home and the people he knows and he loves. He leaves all of his possessions behind. He's a bit more adventurous than his aunt and uncle up for this journey. He's the one who brings along the snacks and the walking stick. And yet deep down, he too is scared. They're traveling from their home place of Ur to the land of Canaan, a place they've never seen before, never been. They don't have relatives or connection or property there. They're traveling far away from home and towards a strange land, from the familiar to the unfamiliar, from a place of certainty to uncertainty, from their known reality to a future with hope. They hope. Their feet are sore, their backs are beginning to ache, they're wondering if this is a fool's journey that they're on. And yet they continue putting one faithful step in front of the other. Over 4,000 years later, there are three people who find themselves on a journey wandering through their lives in Sandy Springs, Georgia. One of them has made a new school year resolution to get back to church. Another had been kicked out of her previous church deemed worthless. One guy just knows that something is missing and maybe church is what he needs. So they see this church on Mount Vernon Highway. It's not far from City Springs. There's a white fountain and bell tower that rises up into the sky. One of them really likes the fountain and so decides to wander in. One one other person checked us out on the web to figure out who we are, what we believe. The other one just knew that this was the closest church to her house, so this was the one she was coming to. So they courageously step into the sanctuary for the first time on a Sunday morning, not knowing what to expect. One of the visitors is pretty fluent in church speak, knows when to stand, recognizes the songs. The other one knows enough to get by, grew up in a different denomination, probably hasn't been to church in five years, but recognizes the basic words he needs, can pray the Lord's Prayer, assume there will be refreshments around. The other one has only been to church a couple of times in her whole life, and she feels like people are speaking a different language. What's a doxology? She's unsure of what it means to share signs of peace in Christian fellowship. She's relieved when all she has to do is shake people's hands and say good morning. She doesn't know a psalm from a proverb. And yet, one at a time, they open up those glass doors and they walk into the unknown, one foot in front of the other, from their known reality to a future with hope. They hope. Wondering, will I be welcome? Some of them carry some shame around life choices. Others wonder if they're going to be seen as worthless again or seen as valuable. Wondering where God is in their lives and in the world. Imagining everybody who sits in these pews must have it all together. 
And then there's a community that gathers right smack in the middle. 2,000 years after Abraham and Sarah and Lot stepped out on their faith journey, 2,000 years before a community gathers in a sanctuary in Sandy Springs, we find a community of people who are also on a journey. They're asking themselves where God is in their lives, how God might show up in their world and their community. These people live under Roman occupation. The reality is that the poor and the hungry, the women and the differently abled are pushed out to the margins. The stranger does not find a safe and a welcoming home. Those with the power, the religious and the political leaders, they line their pockets with riches while more and more people go hungry. They watch as armies begin to build up ammunitions and they're afraid they're gonna be the next victims of violence. They doubt where they've been. They carry questions and fears and anger. The future is unknown and they are scared. They pray, God, please save us. Please send us a sign. Send us a Messiah. Send us someone who can fight our battles for us, who can build our army up, lead us to victory over the Romans. Give us, God, the power that we need and that we deserve. Well, God comes to earth, all right, in the person of Jesus, and takes the people on a journey that they never could have predicted or imagined, a journey that they didn't even know to ask for. Jesus, who Matthew, the writer of this gospel, tells us is a descendant of Abraham and Sarah who wandered that desert 2,000 years before. Abraham and Sarah who trusted God so much that when God says, leave your home and your people and follow me on a journey to a new land, they say, yes. They step out on faith one step at a time across the desert. And when they do that, they receive this stunning blessing. God says, I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God says yes to Abraham and Sarah in spite of their histories, in spite of their people's foibles and sins. God says, through you, I will bless the whole world. They are an unlikely couple for God to work through. But God says, I make a covenant with you, one of love and blessing, but it's not for you and your family alone. It's for everyone. It's for the whole world. God says, yes. And so they step out in faith and in hope and in trust to the unknown. And 2,000 years later, God sends Jesus, Abraham's descendant, who is God's magnificent yes to the world. In spite of their sordid histories, in spite of people's foibles and sins, God loves the world so much that God becomes one with us and dwells with us as a human. God walks with us and for us and ahead of us step by faithful step saying, I am the new covenant for you and for the whole world. Jesus takes the world on a journey beyond what anyone could have asked or known or imagined. Because when God says yes to the world in love, God doesn't come as the people want, as we want, 
as we desire and plan for. The people wanted a military leader. God sends a peacemaker. The people wanted a king, and God sends a servant. The people wanted political power. God dies on a cross. The people want to rise up in victory, and they want to destroy their enemies. They want to divide their nation. And Jesus says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love, love, love. Jesus says yes to us and says yes to love. When the world gives that final no and kills Jesus on the cross, God rises up in spite of ourselves and says yes. Yes to resurrection and to love and to life and to life eternal and abundant. So here we all sit in a sanctuary in Sandy Springs, Georgia, 2,000 years later. There are courageous visitors who look around and wonder if everybody else has it all together. Meanwhile, those who've been in this church for 50 years or five years or five months carry around fears and doubts, shame and questions, alongside the joy and the love that is found in community. We show up here, everybody taking the next faithful step from a known reality towards a future with hope. We hope. We find that when we keep showing up, keep saying yes to God through worship or study or small groups, through prayer and friendships and service, we are reminded again and again all the ways that God says yes to us. That God says yes to us in spite of what we have done or haven't done. That we are valuable in the eyes of God and that nothing and nobody can take that away. Not other people, not the church. The good news of the gospel is that God loves us so much that God says yes to our very being, chooses us, and says yes to us over and over again, period, full stop. This is God's promise. This is God's covenant. So we can't help but try to keep up our end of the bargain. Covenant is a two-way relationship. When we know and experience God's love, we say yes back to God. It's not a requirement of God's love, but it is a faithful response. And we'll find that when we say yes, like Abraham and Sarah and Lot, to an unknown future, trusting that God is the one guiding us, we will have a future unlike any we could have asked or known or imagined. We don't have to do it all at once. We don't have to be fluent in church language. We don't have to be perfect, holy people. We just have to trust God, trust each other, and take the next faithful step. The next faithful step of love. Our culture tells us that the goal of our life should be success and power, to find certainty and comfort, to get more and more possessions. It's okay to be isolated. It's good to be independent. 
to stick with what is tried and true. When we dare to say no to all those values of the world and instead say yes to God, we are going to find ourselves on a journey that is risky, but it's ultimately rewarding. It's a life of community, of caring for others, of letting go of what we have and what we know, but trusting that God has radical love in store. It's one that we can't ask for or imagine, but it is a love that blesses the whole world. Friends, this is our story, and this is our song. From the creation of this beautiful world to the covenant of blessing with Abraham and Sarah, to the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the new covenant, to a future that God does have in store. God says yes to us. God says yes to you. God says a giant yes of love to the whole world. My hope and my prayer is that we are bold enough to say yes back by loving God with our hearts and our souls and our minds and by loving our neighbors as ourselves. And my prayer is that we do this together because we need each other on this journey. We are created for one another. And we are a vital part of God's great story of love. Love is our story, and love is our song. Thanks be to God. Amen. As you go, go with this blessing. Leave this place knowing and believing that you are a vital part of God's story. God says yes to us with unconditional love. May we be a people who say yes back by sharing that love with others and with the world. Go forth with the peace of Christ. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.